0: I remember when the team wrote that song a few years ago, and we recorded a little EP that I think only I have, and uh, I would put that in my phone, and I would just listen to it and worship and just just cry out to God, and that that would be our one desire as a church, that it would be Jesus, and uh, I knew that if it was Jesus, everything would be okay, I knew if it was Jesus that I wouldn't be worried about all the fears and insecurities and inadequacies. I wouldn't be worried about um, the people leaving the church on, on bad terms and some of them moving away on good terms. I, w- I wouldn't be concerned about it because, because it would be about Jesus and not about me and not about a building and not about square footage or anything about that. It would be, it would be about Jesus and So I wanted wanted Jesus, I wanted more of Him, I wanted to see Him so clearly in my life that He would be all that I have ever asked for. Not just my prayer, but I wanted that prayer to resonate through everybody else in our church, that it would be about Jesus. It wouldn't be about the fighting of the marriage or the kids running wayward or, or, or financial struggles, it would be about Jesus. And if we could just see Him and see Him so clearly that our life would forever be changed and he would make things that are wrong right he would make things that are crooked straight it would be about him and so i'm just so thankful that tyler took time to help write this song and just and that they would sing it here he doesn't even love that song that much but i'm like bro you you may not love it but it did something to my soul it did something to my soul and did something to our church and it marked us in that moment in that year We're going to have many more years that mark us, many more songs that mark us, many more moments, many more sermons that mark us, but I'm thankful that we get to celebrate this one and we get to sing that, so I just want to thank our team. Can we give them a big hand as they transition off? Well, go ahead and high-five your neighbor before you have a seat this morning. Well, it is our five-year birthday. We are five years old. We have just started kindergarten. We have not, forget, we have not figured anything out by any means. I, I should illustrate this um, this this anniversary and these birthdays more. Dog years would be much nicer because maybe we'd be a little further along than we had thought otherwise. But no, no. When we said we were going to plant a church, we likened it to a human baby and. And as a result, I feel like we're five years old and we're learning some letters and some sight words. And, you know, my son's learning sight words right now. Can and the and I, I can walk, I can run. I feel like that's us as a church a little bit. And so some of you have been um, um, willing to go with us on the journey, on our journey of of immaturity and lack our journey of incompletion our journey of wondering okay uh, we have not reached the finale they, they're not mature church they're luminous church <laughs> and they love jesus but they they may not have it all figured out and so i want to thank you i want to thank you for going on this journey with us if you're a guest with us this morning I want to say thank you for coming and being a part of this service and as we celebrate five years strong and and my name's Ben Chapman I, I'm the pastor of this church we have other pastors but but I'm the one that you financially support so praise God I, I should probably get in the word a little bit more than I do. I'll read I'll learn that in year six so uh, Psalm 42.1 kind of been my heartbeat for a long time, and uh, you, you all have probably a theme verse if you've grown up in the church. If you haven't, just give it a little bit. You'll, you'll notice a verse. Um, some of you may see something on a cup or a picture frame. There's a reason those are on cups and picture frames, because they're pretty powerful confessions and declarations over your life. And Psalm 42.1 says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? I love that verse, that that my soul longs to be with Jesus. It longs to be with him one day in eternity, to fully be with him. But it longs to have those moments throughout the day with Jesus. I, I love waking up and spending time in the Word praying and worshiping and, and and listening songs i love having conversations with you about god i i love meeting with my discipleship group as we let jesus uh, unfold his scripture to us I, I love meeting in our in our life group and doing life with one another and and hearing the god stories in your life and what god has done in you and through you and it's just amazing and and i want to just say my soul longs for god it longs for him. I, I want more of him. I, I want to understand him better. And, and when you plant a church, you realize that, that there are people who have the same desires and there's people who are far from that desire. Right. They come in. Maybe they were brought into this place and they don't even know what I'm talking about. Longing for God as a deer panted for water, longing for God as you would long for a drink every day. And and I just want to let you know that that our church is desire for you who who may not have that desire is that you would begin to grow in that desire for God. In that hunger for Jesus. And, and I want to let you know, wh- wherever you find yourself this morning, that, that God has you right where he wants you. He has you right where he wants you. And today, we hope that you got a little bit more Jesus than you did when you first came through the doors. In fact, we hope and pray that you were able to see him. And you were able to see Jesus this has been our, our long desire I, as I've been talking about it, and, and I'm no stranger to it. And, and if you have your Bibles, Rome or Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, you're going to see that this desire uh, to see Jesus is made known in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And, and if you've been coming to our church for five years, some of you are like, can we learn another verse? No, we're going to learn this one once we live this one. Be able to live some others it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, this is right after the hall of faith. The people who have gone before us. Witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and lets us let us run with the endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. The joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He was going to glorify the God and he was going to reconcile us back to God. That was a joyful moment. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's Throne, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. I feel like <laughs> no, it's easy to give up. How many know that's true? It's just easy to give up in this walk with God. I've I've known people for 40 years walking with Jesus, and they're throwing in the towel throwing in the towel, deciding to pursue another religion. I know people who've been walking with Jesus for a week and life hits as they didn't expect it and it's easy for them to give up. See, whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long time or a little, the temptation is real for all of us to give up, to not walk this out. And I want to encourage you, the one anchor that we have for the hope that's inside of us is Jesus. He is the perfecter of our faith. So if we quit seeing him, we give up. If we see him, he is enough. He is a champion. He has overcome the grave. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He endured everything that we could possibly think of he endured it and if he can endure it i can endure it if jesus can endure it you can endure it if jesus conquered death you in jesus can conquer death see it's amazing what happens when we fix our eyes on jesus we want to see him and there's a lot of people in Luminous and it means a lot of different things to them. They put a lot of different language, but we want to just check out what Luminous means to us. Check out this video. Happy, Happy anniversary Luminous. Luminous. Happy anniversary Luminous. Happy anniversary Luminous Church. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary Luminous. Ah. Happy anniversary Luminous. Luminous Church! Yay! We've been here at Luminous almost since the start. I've been going to Luminous for the past like four years now. I'm an OG, so I've been coming to Luminous since before Luminous was Luminous. So I've been going to Luminous for about three years. It was about four years ago when we first came. Yeah. I've been going to Luminous Church for over a year and a half. One of my fondest moments of Luminous Churches. One of my favorite things about Luminous. One of my favorite memories, I have a bunch. One of the outreaches where we went to the different laundromats in San Antonio. My fond memory would probably be getting to go on the mission trip to Baja. Mm -hmm. You know, Since I was young, I wanted to be a missionary and that kind of fell through getting married and everything. So it was just deep into my heart fondest memories that I have of Luminous was just right from the get-go. When Ronnie first brought me here. Me and my wife trying to find a church after two and a half years. We decided uh, after we got married that um, that we were going to find a church that was, that was right for us. Finding them within a month and just being surrounded um, by this community. Nobody knew me and I have to say like just walking in and just feeling like I was already at home. probably the best thing about coming here i think one of my favorite memories is just having the lumies and just seeing people being appreciated and acknowledged for um, the what they bring to luminous and just seeing pastor ben dancing on stage is always great one day i was i didn't get good sleep it was really it was i was having a rough day i came to church and everybody greeted me it really felt like home. The easiest thing to love about Luminous is that as soon as you walk in the door you belong and it's easy to find a family right away not just within the whole church but to find a a special group of people that are either going through the same thing that you're going through and it's so much easier to connect with someone when you know that they know where you are and they're willing to meet you right there. I love the family aspect um, the community Uh, coming from New York uh, 2,000 miles away Uh, Being able to relate to people, and talk to people, being welcomed by everybody here. Luminous means a lot of things. Um, If I'm just one-wording it, I would say vision and spiritual family. I love the people. I love the atmosphere. I just love that everybody here is so welcoming. I love that there's a lot of young people, and I love how intentional everybody is. Whenever I come in the doors, there's always numerous people looking to uh, give a hug and say hi. The first time that I came, I got a text message from Pastor Ben's mother, and then every week after that, people knew me by name, and they followed up with me and where I was at in life. So I really um, appreciate the intentionality. And you really have become our family. Wow, there's so many great things. I love that you could go, you could come here, and you could be yourself. As soon as I walk in, y'all made me feel like home. Oh. Creating that small talk with each other, causing uh, a person to say like, Hey, how's your mother? You're doing great, man. Thanks for asking. A person that's now one of our best friends, Taylor Ruck, was coming and praying over my wife, receiving healing. We were back at the movie theater, and Luminous was our first stop, and um, we tried to get in and get out real quick, and. Um, Pastor Ben caught us in the in the parking lot when we were block. trying to escape. Y'all did not only continue to like make it a home for me, but like just seeing everyone grow together and be family, interacting not as strangers but like as friends and like brothers and sisters. It was so strange for me to see that, and I love just being a part of that. And so we kind of stopped and you know just commented on you know appreciating that we were there. and Said hey, I like your pants because I was wearing these bright blue pants, and that was kind of the conversation starter. But for us, when we left, we knew that. He really cared about us being there, and it was just a really good feeling to know that we were in a church already that cared about who we were as people. Connect Group was like a really great way for all of us to get together and fellowship in a different way. And I know, speaking for myself and for Justin, we really thought Sunday was enough. But once you get into those connect groups and really get in and meet people and see people on another level and having that second opportunity to worship during the week, it's just integral in just growing your relationship with God. I just want to say I'm glad to be here three-plus years, and I can't wait to be here ten-plus more. Yeah. No, that's just some of many people in this room, and I know that all of you have a memory. And tonight at the banquet, you'll get to hear some of those memories. I think we got four tickets left to the banquet, so you you had better get on right now during the rest of this sermon to grab your ticket. It's going to be awesome. But as you do um, that, I also want you to turn to Philippians chapter (laughs) 1. Philippians chapter 1. As, as we set out to, to plant a church that was centered around Jesus, and Jesus permeates every facet, and 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 our tag was see Jesus clearly, see Jesus clearly. But but we don't only want to see Jesus clearly. We we needed to put maybe some action into that, right? Because the mandate is to make disciples. Go therefore make disciples of all nations. So so it's one thing to see Jesus and and pontificate what he was like and and be like oh man Jesus was awesome. It's one thing to have the you know those, those kind of conversations. But it's it's another thing if we see Jesus and we're a church in the City, for the city to actually make a difference, to actually make a difference. So Philippians one four through six says this: Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ. Jesus returns. Here in this scripture, we we see two things, and, and, and we're using a new tagline, if you will, that we're hoping catches on because we want you to make disciples. It says this, see Jesus make a difference. See Jesus, comma, make a difference. See Jesus make a difference in you. See Jesus make a difference through you. And in this scripture, we see both of those things. We see that that the gospel was going forth through the church, that you were helping spread the good news to other people, that our mission after five years and will continue for the rest of our existence is go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, to make disciples. Disciples, see Jesus make a difference through you as you spread the good news and help spread the good news throughout this city. That's our heart and our desire. But we also we also want Jesus to make a difference in you because he's not just using you. He's including you. And as he includes you on his mission, you see your life be changed. Let I me mean, know that's true. You've you've gotten on a ignite team. You've led a group. You, you volunteer, you go to the, the uh, laundromats. You whatever it is, as you go and you serve and you go be the hands and feet of Jesus, what happens? Not only is the gospel spread, but there's something in you that changes. There's a purpose that happens in your life that is redefined a redefined purpose towards his mission, and he starts growing you in your gifts, and he starts doing amazing things. You see, we're going to see Jesus make a difference in our life and through our life. In 2014, when we started Luminous Church, right before we started, we realized that church planning was God's idea to start churches to reach people groups, to reach those who haven't heard the gospel. And the statistics have, have all said this. Every time there's a new church plant, there's new people coming to know Christ. And it's because there's a buzz. Right. It, you know, I mean, you know, like there's a torchie's coming on 1604. There's a hop Dot is coming. You know, there's 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 something new happening, a new restaurant. It creates a buzz. And what happens? Hey, did you know this is happening? Hey, this restaurant, let's go check it out. Right. And then you start telling your neighbors. It's the same with the church plan. You, you, you hear about this church that is moving and shaking and making disciples. You hear about this church that meets in a shopping center on the second floor next to two bars. And you're like. That has to be cool. And if it's not, if it's not, then I don't know. So you start telling people, hey, come out. Come check it out. Come on. And yeah, yeah, we know they're throw up on the steps. That makes it really cool when they're throw up. And it's always red for some reason. And smelly. Hey, we, 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 we know that. We know that. But guess what? When you get upstairs, it's going to be so strange because this place is going to look creepy when you walk in. But when you get upstairs, there's a people up there. There is a people up there who love God. There's a people up there who will welcome you as though Jesus were welcoming you. There's a people up there who care about you and are going to pray for you. There's a people up there that, that every time the sermon ends, they're going to share the gospel and give the opportunity for you to respond. There's a people up there. You got to come check it out. There's a buzz. So come, check it out, check it out. And then you bring people, and you invite people, and they get a hold of this buzz. And and maybe I should use a different word. Uh, But they get a hold of it. You know, it's the bars. They get a hold of it. They get a hold of it. and, And what happens is God starts doing something. They start seeing Jesus. And their life is changed. When Brandy and I, we moved here in 2014, April 1st is when we closed on our house. We joke about it. It was April Fool's Day. It's like, see, this isn't really supposed to happen. <laughs> I, when we came and planted the church, we had so much faith. And then days of extreme fear. More me fear. She's just full of faith. Me, extreme fear, like, God, is this going to work out? One out of two church plants is fell. God, we're moving from a land that we've been in for 30 years to an unknown place where we don't really know anybody. We have some acquaintances, thankfully. Austin befriended me before I was worthy. (laughs) But but, but we're going to a land where where we don't really know that many people. But I know that God has called us to this place. I'll never forget getting the phone calls. We're driving from Midland, Odessa. I'm in the car. We're doing campus ministry, Start one at Midland College, Odessa College, UT Permian Basin, Texas Tech, going around West Texas, driving the highway, sharing the gospel. And I get this phone call, hey, Ben, this is Peter. Have you and your wife ever considered playing a church in San Antonio? I go, Peter, that's the only place my wife will plan a church. I presented all the other options, Scotland, you know, (laughs) places that are amazing and exotic, and she said, no, so if we move anywhere to plant church, it's going to be San Antonio, it's going to be San Antonio, and we stuck to that word, we held on to that word, we prayed about that word, we got a phone call, we answered the call, we moved here, and I was still afraid, I I went to some of my friends like J. Tom, who, who lived here for two years, helping us plant. And I said, hey, man, we're planting a church. It's going to be awesome, dude. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, like, we're going to blow up. Um, but <laughs> here's the thing is, you, you're really going to have to pray about it and be called by God. Like, you have to make sure that you're called before you come. And truth is, I didn't want the responsibility. He moved his whole family down here, and we don't exist in a year. We ran out of funding, you know? So I was like, you need to hear from God. I'm not telling you to come down. Like, you let Jesus tell you that. You know, I had this moments of operating in fear and not faith, because where fear is, faith can't reside. Where faith is, love abides. So I, I was in this moment of, oh, my goodness, there was moments of faith and fear, faith and fear. And I'm just so thankful as I've seen Jesus and kept my eyes on him. And I've seen Jesus make a difference in my life and through my life. I've, I've started really stepping into this world of love. This world of love, this world of love where there, you can have faith to believe for the impossible. This world of love, when, when somebody comes to the altar with a request, that we're going to have the faith to believe that Jesus is going to meet them right there and answer that request. And I'm starting to have faith to believe that when I invite somebody to church, they're going to come. I used to be afraid, oh man, if I invite them, I don't know if they're going to come. So I am mumbling, hey, you want to come to my church, man? What? Oh, nothing, man. <laughs> faith. Faith. We, we started believing in, in Jesus, and we've seen him make a difference in our life and through our life. Our faith started to grow, and our faith started to swell. As we saw baptism after baptism, and people get discipled, and marriages being reconciled. Marriages who say, I'm over. We're going to get divorced. We're done. And I said, that's your life, partner. That's your life, partner. Do you realize you entered into a life covenant with them? It's going to last. We're going to fight for it and believe for it. And in our living room, we'd make them fight right there, pray for them, set them free from any ungodly belief and say, see you later. Go make a baby. (laughs) We we start having faith for people because I don't want to. Be a part of a church. and I know you don't want to be a part of a church that doesn't believe for people. You don't want to be a part of a church that doesn't live in the world of love. We're not going to be bound by fear. We're going to live in a world of love and we're going to have faith for the impossible. Faith that only Jesus can bring about. So we're going to see Jesus make a difference in our life. And as you get on mission to make disciples, and you get on mission to live in that world of love, you're going to see Jesus make a difference, not only in you, but through you. See, he's going to include you on his mission. He wants to include you on his mission. And as you get on his mission, you find purpose. And you fulfill the purpose for your life. It's one of the biggest questions that people ask. God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What's your will for my life? I'm going to make it real simple. Get on mission. Wherever you find yourself, are you discipling somebody? Wherever you find yourself, are you having gospel conversations? Wherever you find yourself, are you able to share Jesus with somebody? When, you, when, you, when you're checking in the hotel room, are you able to share with the clerk? Are you able to share in the coffee shop? Are you able to share in your workplace? Are you able to share... Next week, we start a series called Who Am I? And Ernie Kruger, the evangelist of Texas, will be here preaching. And he's going to kick off our series on identity of who am I. And then we have these host boxes for anybody who wants to make a disciple to take this host box and start a Bible study in their workplace. Start a Bible study on the campus. Start a Bible study somewhere and start helping people discover their purpose and who Jesus is, that they would see him. That they would see him. My prayer for you is that you would see Jesus. I I pray that you already have this morning. So we begin to close. I just ask for you to stand with me. And as we close today, we're going to take communion. Some of you know this as the Lord's Supper. But it's a sacrament that has been continuing for almost 2,000 years. And before you leave today, we're going to invite the worship team to come up and join me. And we're going to sing a worship song, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. And as we take the Lord's Supper, I, I want to just encourage you a couple of things. One, that we have the elements on the left and the right. They're on these tables. And every week we offer this sacrament. And every week there's a lot of people that participate in it but I think some of us go to the table and we feel like it's an individual thing. But I want to encourage you that these tables are shared tables and it's actually a community thing, that the body of Christ will participate together. If you wouldn't mind, bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning. Before we come to the Lord's table, I just want to let you know that That Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he was at the table with his friends. He was explaining his body and how it was going to be broken upon a cross and blood was going to be shed. His body would be broken for you and his blood would be shed to cover the sin and guilt, the sins that we have stepped into. And he also began to explain that this was necessary. You see, as his body was literally broken and his blood was literally shed, he died the death that you and I deserved to die. He took our place. He took our place. He was dead. He was buried. But three days later, he rose from the dead, conquering death, offering salvation for all those who would turn from their ways And put their trust in him and his ways. Before we have communion today, I want to invite you, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, you haven't trusted him for salvation, if you'd raise your hand right now with me. Be so bold, say, I want to take that step and trust Jesus with my entire life. Father, we thank you for that. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. During this last psalm, we want to invite you. The elements are on the left and the right. We just encourage you to take the bread, which represents the body that was broken for you. Dip it in the juice, the blood that was shed for you. And then partake of the element as we continue to worship.